Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit northmonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. This is one of my favorite days of the year. This is the kickoff of our missions week to remind us that it's not about us, that it's not about Monroe, it's not even about Louisiana, but the calling that God put on our church and on every individual is to make disciples of all nations. It's about the world. And so we go to the world, and this reminds us every year as we talk about missions. We've got a missions thing going on out here, a little mission store. Um, just to let you know, they're, they're selling some, uh, some uh, nativity sets that were actually made by the Maasai tribe in Kenya. Um, and they're doing that to raise money to support a work that we're doing in Myanmar in particular. Our, our church is in 17 countries right now. And in Myanmar, there's been trouble with the government. A lot of orphans created from the violence that's going on there. We're involved with helping to care for orphans in a particular area of Myanmar where we already had a connection relationship with the churches. So if you help us in the mission store, you're directly helping that orphanage. We've also got a guest speaker this morning, one of my favorite people, who I think is as close to the Apostle Paul as you're going to get in our century. Uh, Wade Akins has been doing this since he was 15 years old. He told me this morning he's 79, 64 years, 30 years on the mission field in Brazil where he lost his wife to sickness um, and then God opened the door. There was another woman who was serving there as a single woman, and Wade and Barbara found each other, connected, fell in love, got married, and have continued their work. Wade wrote material called Pioneer Evangelism, which forever was used by the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist uh, to train every missionary as you go out, and that is the primary way. Wade is essentially taught our church how to do international missions by going into the villages, finding the person of peace, uh, starting a church in their home, and then training that person up to build a church. And what we've seen is thousands and thousands of people who are coming to faith in Christ as a result of the strategies that Wade created while he was doing missions and continues to do missions to this day on the international level. And so I'm so excited to have Wade with us today. Barbara couldn't come. She's sick. And so if you would, please pray for Barbara. Um, she's got something going on. We're not sure what it is, but be in prayer for her. But uh, let's welcome Wade and let him know how much North Monroe appreciates him being here. Great to be back here at North Monroe. It's one of the highlights of our year. And I want to thank all of you for coming on this Thanksgiving weekend. If you have your Bibles, open them to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. And I want to share with you today on the power of repentance. The power of repentance. When I was in high school, I grew up over here in Bastrop, about 20 miles from here. And I played on the football team. I was not a, a real good player, but I was out there. And our quarterback would always call the play in the huddle. 
But then when we got on the line of scrimmage, <clears throat> he would look at the defense, and, they would, and he, many times he would change the play. And we had a special code for that, and he changed the play many times. And uh, we had a plan A, and he, could, he, had the he had the liberty to go to a plan B. And I want to share with you three things about repentance of uh, this passage in the Gospel of Luke. In verses 45, the Bible says that Jesus was meeting with his disciples, and he said he opened up our minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, back in verse 44, it tells us what he was doing. And I had a professor once that said he believed that God, I mean, that Jesus <clears throat> was teaching all night his disciples about him as the Messiah and about reaching the nations for Christ. And look back in verse 44. He said, I'm going to teach you what was written in the book of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Now, what did he teach them? All the gospel is also in the Old Testament. And here's what the essence of the gospel is. And there is no plan B for the forgiveness of sin. There is no plan B for you to be saved. If you want to have Christ in your life and you want to have a relationship with God now, and when you die, you want to go to heaven, there is no plan B. There is only a plan A. And Jesus tells us what plan A is. He says here in verse 46, and this is what the gospel is all about. And that is that Jesus had to suffer and rise from the dead. I preach all the time, almost all, several times a week around the world by internet. And I always say that Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood to pay for our sins. And the Bible teaches that Jesus, the gospel is not that Jesus just died, but he died for sin. And the payment for sin, there's only one. There's only one plan A, and that is death by blood. And so they took a crown of thorns and they put around his head and blood flowed down his face. They took a whip and they whipped him in the chest and in the back and blood flowed all the way down his body. They took nails and they drove them in his hands and his feet. And he had blood flowing from his head through his body to his feet. They threw a spear in his side and blood rushed out. And Jesus suffered a horrible, terrible, sacrificial death by blood. And why he did that is that he did it to pay for the sins that you and I have committed. And then the Bible says he rose from that he was buried. And after three days, he rose from the dead. And he's alive right now. And he wants to come and live in your heart. Now, that is what God did. That's the gospel. But then we have a part. When we share that gospel, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. And you have one or two choices to make. You can open the door or you can reject, ignore, walk away. Well, how do you open the door? Well, he says it right here, and I want to share with you. Plan A is you must repent. Repent. The message that Jesus preached was repent or perish. 
Repent and believe so you can enter into the kingdom of God. The word, the Bible teaches repentance all through the Old Testament. Jesus preached about it many times. All through the New Testament, it's repent, repent, repent. Repent and believe. And so what Jesus is teaching us here is plan A. But look at the second point I want to make. Look at the power of repentance. What does repentance do and what is it? Well, here's what repentance is. I'm walking in this direction. I am controlling my own life. I'm in control. I'm in full control. And I'm walking in a way of sin toward death. And as I preach all the time, we are separated from God because of our sin. And many people today are living without hope. No hope. Maybe you're here today and you're at the end of your rope. People are depressed. They're discouraged. No peace. No joy. And many people, I find in our testimonies that we would get, many people are even thinking about killing themselves. They've just finished with life. And so you're walking down the path of sin toward death and separated from God. You hear the gospel that Christ can come into your life. Christ can change your life. Christ can forgive you of your sins. So you make a decision to open the door. You turn and the, and the repentance means to change your mind. Turn around, go in the opposite direction. So you turn, but you do not just turn to anything. You do not turn to religion. You don't not turn to your church. I say all the time, there is no pastor, there's no priest, and there's no imam that can forgive you of your sins. There's no religion that can do it. And most people in the world are banking on their good life. If I could just live good enough, my good works will save me. No, those things will never forgive you because you're not going to ever be perfect. And that's why Christ died and shed his blood. He died and suffered in our place. And the wrath of God came upon Christ on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. In other words, the payment for sin has been paid in full. And when you turn from your self-controlled life to Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you want him to come in. You want to surrender all to him and you want Christ to come in and take full control of your life. And when you surrender, that's what faith is. It's not just believing in your head that Christ died on the cross. Millions of people believe that. But it's the moment you surrender over to him. You give your life to him fully. No strings attached. I surrender all. And the Bible says, if you'll believe in your heart, that's surrendering and confess him to be the Lord of your life, you will be saved. And the results of that is that God will forgive you of your sins. He says right here, repent for the forgiveness of sin that separates you from God. And I like what your pastor says many times. He says, give your life to Christ and he'll come in and he will change your life forever, forever. You know how you know you're saved? It's not that you walked an aisle or got baptized somewhere in a creek or a river or here at church. 
It's has your life been changed by the power of Jesus Christ? Has your life been changed? If your life has been changed and Christ is the one who changed it, then you're saved. And when you die, you'll go to heaven. <clears throat> we preach this message of repentance throughout the world. It's the heart of everything I preach and teach all over the world. Now, what we do is we take a strategy of what we call, what many people call, is sowing the seed. Sowing the seed. Finding people that God's working in and whom the Holy Spirit is working. They don't even know it's the Holy Spirit. They don't know what's going on. They just, they just, they're just seeking the peace of God. And we use many strategies to do that. And one of them is what we call our clean water strategy. I'll tell you a true story. We have people right now watching online over in Africa. We have leaders over there in different countries of Burundi and Uganda and Kenya and uh, Tanzania and Mozambique and uh, <clears throat> Rwanda, men of God that love the Lord. And one of them is up in North Uganda. His name is Andrew. And Andrew, just a wonderful young man, and he's one of our evangelists and church planners that works on our team. <clears throat> and Andrew, his parents were captured and killed in northern Uganda by the Lord's Resistance Army, led by General Konu. And for many years, Barbara and I were going to Uganda and People would talk about him and the Lord's resistance army and they would go into these villages up there and they would just kill thousands of people and capture them and kill them. And Andrew's father and mother were captured and killed by the Lord's resistance army. And Andrew escaped as a child and he was raised by some people who took him in and loved him. Today, Andrew works with us. He's an evangelist. And what happened was he discovered this community of former child soldiers. And now they're grown and they have amnesty from the government. They gave themselves up. And so what we did is we go in and we put a well in that community to show God's love, sow the seed, let them know that God loves them regardless of who they are or what they've ever done. I just got, we just did that two, two or three weeks ago, just two weeks ago. We just finished it. And the community leader wrote me and he says uh, he wanted to thank God Almighty for this water. He says, many, all our people have been drinking water that's shared by animals and the community members of neighboring villages. We'd have to wait a long time to get water. Children suffered from typhoid, stomach ache, because our family resorted to drinking water from a swamp. And worst of all, <clears throat> during the dry season, the water dries up. And for this reason, we're so grateful for this well. I'm so proud and grateful to the donors who came and who took the who helped us who are disadvantaged in a community like ours. 
And I want to say thank you, North Monroe, because you all support our ministry and you support many projects like this around the world in Rwanda and Burundi and Tanzania and Mozambique. And so here we are. Andrew went in there and he shared with us a need for water and we put a well right there where all those child soldiers that used to be child soldiers are living. Now every week, throughout the week, we do what we call living water crusades. We have a film, they have 14, 10, 14 films around the world. Andrew's one of our film evangelists. They show the Jesus film. And in the, when Pilate comes on the scene and he says, talks about they want to crucify Christ, crucify Christ, they stop the film. And we come on and we preach this gospel of Christ dying for their sins and that they could receive him in their life because he rose from the dead and he's alive. And if they'll repent and turn their life over to Christ, Christ would immediately come in, forgive them and change their life, give them a new life and eternal life. We preach that every day. In fact, we have about 100 living water crusades every month. Sometimes five times in the same day, I have a little team that works with me and they have at 1030 on Central Standard Time, we may have five crusades in five different nations going on. Thousands of people are attending. And I wanted to share with you the power of the gospel of Christ, and the power of repentance. Here's a testimony. I get thousands of them. I got over 2,000 a year. And that's just a small portion of the people said, I was born in the bush where there is no church, no pastor. There's nothing like a crusade where I grew up. The only thing we did was attack and kill people. The life I lived was so miserable. We have a life full of hatred and wanting to kill every human being we met on the road. But today... The pastor, the preacher preached about Zacchaeus. That was Andrew. He told us that salvation has come to your house. And this same salvation has truly reached us tonight. We're welcome it fully because we need Jesus in our lives for all the killing and the looting that we have done. We need to be forgiven. He says, I myself, have killed a thousand people during my lifetime in the bush because I grew up and I was trained that way. We started having problems in the bush, lack of food and sickness. And so we got deserted and they came out and started living in this particular community. He said it was amazing. We were received by people I'd never seen before but these were the same people we used to kill and loot their property. Now they were giving us food and clothes. And tonight he heard the gospel. I've given my life to Christ. <clears throat> and I want Christ to forgive me for all the killings I've done. And I want him to write my name in the book of eternal life and erase it from the book of dead. Then he says, we are here without a church. We don't know anything about it. 
but we're going to start one, and I'm ready to join a good news group. That is the power of repentance, the power of the gospel, Christ changing lives. And we see this every single day. I just took one or two. I, I give you, I could stand here all day and read them. Story after story after story of changed lives. And I ask you a question today. Has your life been changed by Christ? It may not have been as dramatic like that. I gave my life to Christ as a child, and my life didn't radically change like that because I didn't have, I wasn't on drugs or alcohol or immoral sex. It just gradually changed, and God put a new desire in my heart to live with Him. Do you know for sure that when you die, you'll go to heaven? Do you know your sins have been forgiven? Here's another testimony Blessed be the, the Lord for bringing this film crusade to my city. We've, they came a long way. We go way back in these villages. He says, I am a Muslim. I was raised in a Muslim family. I began to grow in the nature of thinking that it was okay to kill. One time I got annoyed with my own brother and I killed him. I used to do this as a part of my religion, <clears throat> and I didn't feel any shame. And whenever I heard people preach the message of salvation, I used to think that they're proclaiming another religion, and I didn't want to hear anything about it. I never had peace in my heart. I never had joy. I always felt lonely. And my heart, especially in my heart, and when I met problems and challenges, I'd go to a witch doctor, solve my problem. But thank God, through the message of the good news about the love of God through Jesus Christ, when that message was preached, I felt strongly in my heart that I am a sinner and I need Christ in my life. And after preaching, Asked, he, the preacher asked those who want to receive Christ to raise their hand. And I was one of them to make a decision. And I'm glad to know that I was Muslim and now I've become a follower of Christ and I'll join a good news group. What we do in our meetings is we preach the gospel, show the life of Christ, preach repentance and give an altar call for them to receive Christ. And then we put them in what we call a good news group. <clears throat> and in the good news Bible study, they learn from the gospel of Matthew all about the life of Christ. They get in a small group and they are with people who will love them and talk with them and pray for them. So what is the results? Just this past year. And I want you to see this because <clears throat> you are part of everything we do. Because you support us and pray for us. And I want to show you in this past year, we had a total attendance in our Living Water Crusades of 797,934 people. And we had 124,575 to pray and give our life to Christ. Of those numbers, this is the good part, 88,600 and whatever, 06, Joined our, signed up to get in our news, good news groups. And what happened after that? Let me just show you the next slide. 
We've seen over 221,000 baptisms and 321 since 2005 when we began to work in that part of the world. And new churches, they start house churches. We don't have any money for property or buildings and don't want any. But new churches, we've seen over 10,000 new churches. And they're led by people like you. Most of them have no biblical background, no biblical training. We have to teach them everything. And then they lead those house churches. And many of them do not even have a Bible. All they got is a book we give them, a good news book. We want to translate Brother Bill's sermons in John that he's been preaching here and get those to our leaders around the world, all 10,000 of them, so that they can teach others who will teach others who will teach others who will teach others. The power of the gospel. Have you been changed? Do you know for sure that when you die, you will go to heaven? If you don't, before we go on to the last point, right now you can bow your head or just pray and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me and change me and be the Lord of my life. And you'll experience the power of repentance. And then the last point I see in this text, I see the plan. Take the gospel of Christ and repentance to the world. The second point is the power of the gospel. Forgiveness, change in your life, giving you a new life, giving you a new heart, giving you a clean heart, writing your name in the book of eternal life. All of that happens when Christ comes into your heart. And then there's the third thing. There's the person. Jesus is talking to real people. Jesus is talking to you and me about taking this gospel and the message of repentance to all nations, starting here in Monroe. One of the places that Barbara and I have been working in for the last 15 years is India. <clears throat> We're working up in the northwest state of Punjabi and also over the West, in West Bengal. And West Bengal <clears throat> is a place where they speak Bengali. And the father of modern missions, William Carey, went there first. He was born in 1761 in England. To a, his daddy was a weaver. He came to Christ as a teenager, but before he was 20, he married a lady named Dorothy, and she was five years older than him. When Carrie presented, well, what happened was he was a pastor of a small church, and he became convinced that foreign missions was the main responsibility of the church. When Carrie presented this to a group of pastors, one pastor got up and said, Young man, Sit down. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he'll do it without your help or mine. Well, the next day, William Carey stood up and preached a sermon from Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2 and 3. And the title of his message, Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. God called him to go to India. 
he had to raise his own money to go. But Dorothy, his wife, did not want to go to India. Ooh, she was resistant. But she went with her three kids. <coughs> when he got there, he had to support himself. He didn't have enough funds, so he went to work in an Indo uh, uh, indigo factory up in the interior, and it was bad. They were surrounded by swamps with malaria. His son, Peter, died when he was three. He would bury two more of his children. His wife, Dorothy, went crazy, insane, and she later died. William Carey married again. His second wife, after a few years, she died. So he's buried two wives. He married a third time. He served 41 years in India, and not once did he ever go back home. He fought nonstop diarrhea and malaria. He did not even baptize his first convert until after he'd been there for seven long years. He once said, I care not where or how I live or what hardships I went through so that I could gain souls for Christ. He spent his life translating the Bible into many different languages. They have a little museum there. Barbara and I have been there. It's just a little small little place. But along the walls of that place are Bibles, just one after another, all the way around, all the way around, all the way. And every one of them is in a different foreign language. And he translated that Bible in all these different languages. In fact, they're still using the Bengali Bible to this day. He died on June 9. 1834, he was 70 years old. And what did he accomplish? <clears throat> he translated the Bible in many different languages, including Bengali. He began a Christian college. Barbara and I have been there. It's a pretty big college now. He started churches. He struggled against widows from being burned alive. If you were married as a lady back then, and your husband died, they would, they would burn the lady, the woman, the survivor, the widow, alive. And William Carey got that stopped, a missionary. And they no longer practice it to this day. There are so many accomplishments that William Carey did, it would take a week to name all of them. But in the end, he was buried in a lonely grave. Barbara and I went there, and you'll see his grave full of grass and weeds. Such a great man of God. And his tomb is just grass and weeds. And on his tombstone are these words. A wretched, poor, helpless 
worm. And on your kind arms, O Lord, I fall. The prayer of my life, and I hope the prayer of your life will be, Lord, I'm a wretched worm for Christ. I want to be a humble servant that gives glory to Jesus, credit to Jesus, and I live for Christ, that his name, his message of repentance will be known all over the world, starting in Monroe. You can be a humble servant of God here. If you'll surrender all, because God has a plan to use you. It may be that some of you are sensing God calling you to go into the ministry or become a missionary someday. If so, you say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Maybe you're an engineer, but you say, look, that's my vocation, but my real purpose in life is to share the message of Christ and see people's lives changed. Or maybe you're here today and you're not real sure that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Right now, you can surrender all you know of yourself to all you know of him and give your life to him. I want us to bow our heads and pray. If you're here today, you're not sure you're saved or you know you're not saved. The Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart. You may be a good church-going person. You may be religious, but I want to tell you, there's not a pastor, there's not a priest, there's not an imam, there's not a single thing you could ever do to earn your salvation because Jesus paid it all. The only thing you can do is turn to him to be the Lord of your life and he'll forgive you. If that's what you want to do today, I want to ask you to pray right now. Prayer doesn't save you. Jesus does. But just say, Lord Jesus, right now I give you my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. And change my life forever. And give me a new life, an eternal life starting right now. Now I know that most of you, maybe all of you are Christians. But would you pray that prayer? I surrender all. I want to be a wretched, poor, helpless worm. And use my life to glorify you until my last breath. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. In the first service, we in the first service we sang the song "I Surrender All." Wade said, "I love that song because that's really what all of Christianity is about. I surrender. It's about surrender." You know, we talk about calling to ministry. There is no higher calling, but sometimes we, we say, I surrendered to ministry. You don't surrender to ministry. You aspire to ministry. He said, if anybody aspires to the office of overseer, that is pastor, it's a great calling that he does. We surrender to Christ. And whether we go into ministry or into missions or wherever we go, our life is lived surrendered. And, you know, I've got to tell you, I, I look at this guy right here, and I've been with him in crazy situations internationally. And I've seen his heart, and I've seen him in front of stadiums full of people, and, and sometimes in dangerous situations, um, talking about Islam in an Islam nation. And... Yet God has used him, continues to use him. And I think here he is 64 years into it, still doing it. And the things he's seen and the life he's lived is so extraordinary compared to what most people will ever experience. You know, we hang on to our stuff and we hang on to our life. and We want it to be tidy and neat and self-oriented. And I, I, I constantly, when I think of missions, I think of guys like Jim Elliott who died at 28 in the jungles of Ecuador by the Alca Indians who murdered him. And he had written in his diary, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And that calling of God over his life, that calling of God over your life, whether he calls you into ministry service, and we need that. We need people who will aspire to the office of ministry to take the gospel around the world or right here in Louisiana. But we also need people who are surrendered to the glory of Jesus Christ. And that starts at salvation. When I surrender my life to Christ, I surrender all. We used to sing that, I surrender all. But then we surrender every day as we yield ourselves to the sovereignty of God. And if you don't know Christ, maybe you prayed that prayer, then right after we sing this song, I invite you to make that surrender public. Uh, I've got guys at the belong area back here. I've got them right over here. Uh, just go and talk to them. If you've never made it a public statement, maybe you're like, well, I believe in Jesus. I've just never told anybody. You know, Jesus said, if you won't confess me before men, I won't confess you before the Father. It has to be public. And if you've never been baptized, they'd love to help you with that. If you need a church home, this is a good one. It's one that believes the Bible and loves people and is intent on fulfilling the purpose of God through the Great Commission, not only here, but around the world. And I invite you to be a part of that. There are also opportunities to get involved in missions. This week is the kickoff of our missions emphasis. We're going to be taking up the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which supports the International Mission Board. We're selling stuff out here to try to help uh, offset the, the needs that are in Myanmar at this particular time. But however you want to get involved, however God leads you, let's surrender, okay? Let's stand together and let's sing to the glory of God. All to Jesus.
of Jesus. We do that through salvation. We do it every day of our life. Let's pray. Father, we give ourselves fully over to you. Our life belongs to you. Our stuff belongs to you. Our families belong to you. We hold nothing back. But Father, make our lives count. Whether we live 28 years like Jim Elliott did, whether we live 79 years as Wade has lived, whether we live to be 100 that every moment would count for the glory of Jesus and that you would use us mightily. And I pray for those that need this morning to make that public stance. God, give them the courage to do it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.